Good evening, good morrow, and good morning, all you smexy motherfuckers. Welcome to the den of iniquity. Now, though you can't see us, don't you worry. I'm here with the one and the only soul magic. And we're about to delve into one hell of a conversation covering, amidst many other topics, the Bhagavad Gita and the conversation of the context and the cultural and magical isness of it. Don't worry, those words weren't supposed to make any sense. But as intros go, let's kick it. When you talk about the descriptions okay. of Krishna, right? He, he he describes himself very distinctly, very distinctly, and he says what he is and what he is not. Mm-hmm. So then that that gives you a point. You're like, okay, well, well, what is it, right? So like, well, what is fire? It is it is a reaction. I'm trying to think. Okay, so we need to. I need to grab my book. That way, I have this shit on reference. Otherwise, I'm gonna be in trouble. Well, why why you look that up? Can can I touch on the name Krishna? Yeah, let's hit it. Um, now, now, what, what what popped in my head was when you said that how he refers to himself in a very particular way, and granted, his name is is Krishna, but he was, you know, I just find it interesting that it was who was it? Um, it was one of the Moonies that named him. Krishna after eight days. I forgot which Muni it was. It was the one that announced his birth, as a matter of fact. I can, oh, man. Man, this is bad. Um, Narada. Yeah, Narada Muni. Narada Muni named him Krishna. But the name Krishna is also a superlative of Lord Shiva. And I thought that was interesting. If you read in the, um, the Shiva Puranas, he also carries the name Krishna. And I, I always thought that was that was interesting that they have the same name. And then we look at the relationship between uh, Narayana or Vishnu and Lord Shiva directly. They always have like a homeboy kind of relationship. You know, yeah, I mean? they did. Shiva, Shiva and Brahma, they don't do not so much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, all right. So, riddle me this, Batman. When we look at all of the varying, you know, head canons, and that's 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 how I've determined to refer to all religions at this point, because mm-hmm. I, I can't find any vali- anything that makes any one of them more valid than the other, um, other than the historical length and the ability to connect that to some physical checkpoint. Um, there's always a lot of interpretation about these checkpoints and these different parts, but that's the only thing which, as I can find, that like, humans really use to say that, oh, this is right. It's because this stone, which is older than that stone, has a symbol which was on that one. You know, like it's not necessarily this. Be- oh, because none of them were there, and if they were there, right, then it's not. It's not a question of debate. It's you know, right? You you don't you don't have to ask what how ha- you don't have to debate what happened yesterday to understand today. The mm-hmm. same things are present in each one of them. So it's, it looks to me like if I, if I were to judge, especially the way that you see the familial relationship always hinted in some different capacity across all of them, mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's a family, there's a division in that family caused by a catalyst within that family, which causes conflict, which then dissolves it, and then it evolves again from a point of singularity over and over and over and over again. And when I say family, I would say it's a an agreed series of relationships between points that are going to act in a, in, in, in a, not a pre-programmed, but in a vibe, in a vibrationally bound way. You know, it's like, there's seven of us yeah, and yeah. that there's only ever been seven of us and everything else is either a byproduct of those seven. So some of them, some people, 
some whole aspects of consciousness exist as nothing other than a dream of one of these. And they're there because, because our sister had a dream and she didn't want to be alone. And so she believed. And as such, a whole last group of things came into existence to support that. And so then over and over again, that became her room. That became the, the realm of her creation. But her creation was always linked with the wall of another and the wall of another and vice versa. So the same story goes on and on and on. But the rooms are, they're, they're never the same. As each one evolves and changes, they pull from the same power source, the same fuel, the same food, the same dinner. And so we fight. I want that. That's my arepa. You know, like I, it's, it, there's conflict because you have to have conflict. You need that friction, that resistance. And when you look at the description of Krishna, um, when you look at the, the description of Christ, of Jesus, of Yeshua, of however you want to describe him, of this consciousness, they are the catalyst to cause this reaction. They are, they are, they are the thing which makes this occur. They are the, the, the keeper and holder, the whole, the whole vision of it, right? It's like they're the one who steps outside of the rooms and looks like, oh, we're all in one big house. Fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. They 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 the ones that step outside of their house. It's interesting that you that you connect them the east and west, so to speak. The the I've always thought of not always, but after being acquainted with I guess uh Eastern beliefs, there's this uh, there's this phrase that is attributed to to Vishnu. And um How does it go? Samba mave you gay you gay. Samba mave you gay you gay, right? Which might cause some chuckles in today's culture, you know, <laughs> or a misunderstanding. But what Vishnu was saying is that he will always advent himself, i.e., take form when the time, uh, uh, basically the implication, because but Yuge is time. He says he's gonna. He's always gonna be on time, for lack of a better phrase. But the implication is is that when evil is prevailing in the world, he will always come to the earth. And then I was like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's very uh, parallel to 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 Jesus. You mm-hmm. know, essentially, if you talk to a lot of Christians, he's God in flesh. He's God manifested as a man. That's Krishna all day. And um. You know, just a lot of things that, you know, a lot of my, uh, <laughs> sound like an old man, a lot of my contemporaries, they would say that Western traditions have stolen a lot that came from Eastern traditions. And I don't know if it's necessarily stolen. Maybe some of it is, let's say, appropriated in the sense that, you know, a general outline and then they create their own details to support it, you know, like um, what they call it, to veil. They drape their own veil around the same truth. You can only get but so creative with it and still maintain the integrity of it. But the point being is that I think it's just the left and the right. It's kind of like the left and right side of the brain coming together and working in unison. But, you know, they don't realize that they're the same. That's 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 part of the problem, well, I think. I mean, riddle me fucking this. Here's a fun one. The whole purpose, or not purpose, the main story we see captured in the Bhagavad Gita as it is, is a conflict between two sides, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. You know, it it, it is two sides and they have to be right. And then now what's, what's kind of unfortunate about it, right. Is that if there are two sides, well, that means there will be one which prevails and one which succumbs. So it does then become this question, you know, while, while it is irrelevant and only something that I would say that the, the, the old men in barrels uh, discuss is as to which side would win or which side the winning one could be. If the concept of winning could even be comprehended outside of to be. No side, no side would win. You remember when 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 uh, Arjuna he was like, uh, take me in the middle of the battlefield, like right in the beginning of the of the thing, right? He was like, take me out in the middle so I can see my family. After he was like talking to Krishna, he was like, look, there's you know basically uh, what uh, not Bhima, that's his brother, uh, Bhishma. There's Bhishma over there. There's Jonah over there. You know what I mean? There's my cousins in them. You know what I mean? We got the clan. Like it's the cookout. You know, that's, you now I'm about to go slaughter these motherfuckers right now. You know what I mean? I'm like, I am like the premier warrior on earth. It wouldn't be shit. It wouldn't be shit to fuck them up real quick. (laughs) (laughs) And he knows it. That's the thing, right? Him and he, he, when he goes to this personal challenge of like, no, I don't, he's like, I know, you know, you gave me the 12 inch Mick Thicken. I don't know that <laughs> this is the, <laughs> I don't know that this is how I want to use it, right? You know, right, I like right. the slow and steady. And Chris is like, no boy, that's not that's not the motion of this ocean. We gotta change it. We gotta keep it. Mm-hmm. And and this whole ordeal, right? That he was empowered and made effectively by Krishna. You know, by by the, that 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 deliberate intentional force as a friend, you know, because there's a series of series of choices, series of questions. One of them you had mentioned in our previous discussion about it, which I still kind of fucking like am rattling my mind on is like you're presented with you're you know, you show up in the jungle kingdom of God, <laughs> Eden, and he's like, All right, you know, I will help neither of you or I can help both of you. And I'm like, well, both, please. I was like, okay, great. You can either have my army or me. Mm-hmm. Like the bold, not the boldness. It, 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 it's it's not you know the level of big dickery. It's the it's the audacity to, <laughs> to comprehend this, right? Because we are going to acknowledge, you know, in in the in the Bhagavad Gita, and in, in within the whole Eastern culture, it's understood that Krishna, this this there's a personality of Godhead, you know, this living the embodiment, the supreme, the supreme. And they are exalted, anointed, and known, right? This isn't a question. So with that established, you show up there and you're given this kind of position. I, fuck. I, it represents a really, so just like in for me, there's two pillars if you had to choose one. How? Hmm. <laughs> How? Uh, shoot, I would definitely go, I would, well, listen. Talking about, again, the, the supreme personality of godhead so he made that army right the supreme person that i'm going to go i think the supreme personality of godhead is firmly established and so i'm gonna go with that one <laughs> every time i'm gonna go with okay that so one. right but you know to the same point it, to know that it would be created perfectly mm-hmm. you know this is like this whole question you know could god create themselves to be uh vulnerable could they make something so heavy they couldn't lift it? 
Mm. An army would be the, the way I would look at it is the army is the extension of all of the physical form. So the perfect logic, perfect order, perfect demonstrated form within the body. You know, you, you got your Olympian with, with how well their body runs. That is that army. Mm-hmm. And how, you know, I mean, if nothing else, like if we consider our body's ability to exist and persist despite everything we do to it, that is that army versus mm-hmm. the spirit and the mind within it. I don't know. I don't know. Right. So obviously it's a challenge point because if you don't know that the mind is the keeper of all things and inevitably even the construct by which the body could begin to move through, then of course you're like, you know, then, then you wouldn't necessarily know that you need to choose the mind because you look at the perfect order of the body and you look at the reality that you're forced to be within. And you're like, well, I kind of need a body for that. Like if I got a mind, that's great. But if I chop the head off, it didn't do me a lot of good. So there, there can be a very anchored point to physicality and, and, and it's, and it's, you know, almost perfect locked pieces. You know, we get here and it, it's a regular challenge to wake people up by getting them to see that, you know, maybe those pieces don't fit so tight. Uh, but the, you know, to see that there is room and you know, to make the connection that this reality isn't all when irrespective of how long they hold their breath, they still want to breathe. Sure. Indeed. Sure. Indeed. But I will also have to add on to that that you know I I don't think I don't think the um the pandavas won. I don't think that they won. Even even though you know with the Bhagavad Gita it, it kind of wraps up kind of neatly, you know what I mean? But then when you add on to that, um at least in my case, um Prabhupada's um um Bhagavatam you know that 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 the Srimad Bhagavatam. That's that. It when it when it ends the story of of Krishna and the and the and the um, Pandavas, it, it they didn't really they didn't. I mean they they won a kingdom, but they didn't get to really enjoy it. You know, Krishna dies prematurely. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then the Pandavas kind of just walk up the Himalayas and fucking die. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And they left the next generation to, you know what I mean? And it kind of picks up from there. So it's like, you know, at the end of the day, the two sides combat combating against one another. They they didn't really, neither side won, you know what I mean? And yeah. I think we got to also remember that Krishna is, is, a, is <laughs> he's, I don't know if he grew out of it, but as a kid, he was known to be a trickster. He was and I don't have a reason to believe that he gave that up just because he became a because he grew up. I think no, I'm like, I think yeah, to establish the the state of innocence, like you described earlier, to be mm-hmm. childlike, that is the state of divinity. He's established yeah. to be said divinity. Mm-hmm. Why would that nature not persist to the end? Oh, what a great ha! It was Papa Legba the whole time. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, well, are you with the same energy? Yeah. Yeah, and I, definitely, definitely, because let me ask, uh, Papa Legba, is he also known as a shoe, or is that a different entity? Okay, so you, it can be very dicey because people get so culturally bound. Uh, they are technically different entities, but vibrationally, they're, they're identical. They do the um, same job. They, they do the same job, right? You know, culturally, yes, there's a lot of difference. There's a lot of, you know, debate, but that doesn't matter. When you look at vibrationally, where they sit, where they feel... We could we could align a lot to say that the gatekeeper 
the crossroads one, the one who's at the center of it, who can see those things coming, going, that have been, that will be, that one. Okay, so they course they do correspond in the very least. They correspond, and the the what I found interesting is this whole thing around uh, <laughs> like we shush people to keep quiet, right? Right. But this thing with the sh is is kind of pivotal culturally, it seems, because when we look at sh like in Krishna, or if we look at sh with Ganesha. Or, or if we look at SH, I mean, uh, uh, well, we don't say SH with Christ. That's just S, right? But uh, Jesus or Yeshua. I was going to say, I was say yeah, depending on how, how, we, how we connect to that. What is, you know, Kabbalah mentions, there's, I know in, there is significance in all things within the teaching of Kabbalah, especially within the, 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 the like, I mean, everything, but one aspect of it that we could use as a, a connecting point here to see what is the relationship between sh or this sh is in the guttural language what words force you to say what letters in hebrew cause you to make this sh? uh and then likewise how does that like because i wonder yeah like what what is sh translate to in regards to the, like the purpose within the grand scale of verbalized form or spoken word it's funny that you say that because that's exactly what it alludes to um because what we're talking about here is the letter shin right and it has an s sound and an sh sound and there's this fascinating story in the bible um where uh i think it was jephthah king jephthah had to uh he got into a uh, uh, the, the what was it? Was the Ephraimites? They was pissed off because they didn't get called to to share in the spoils of a war with the with the Ammonites, and so they decided to give Jeff the battle, and um, basically Jeff the whooped their ass. <laughs> and but he he was kind of he he was a he was a good leader because he knew there was possibility that some of them could regroup and escape. So at all the checkpoints, he made sure a motherfucker said, you know, have these people say this word. And it was like um it was like concentration camps, um <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because because they did that what World War Two, La La Palooza. If you couldn't say La, if you couldn't say La La Palooza, you went to the concentration camp. And usually that was Japanese people. Was that World War II? They oh, said rah-rah-palooza. Yeah, they said rah-rah-palooza, and which trifling defect betrayed them as imposters, and they got sent to the concentration camps. Well, Jephthah oh, did. Oh, shit. That, that is exactly... Okay, I wonder where it was. Why is that name so familiar? Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. And now they got a festival. I don't know if it still goes on called La La Palooza. I was like, that's some shit. <laughs> you know wow, hey, ownership? Take it back. yeah. But then, um, but Jephthah did something similar. And so, you know, the people that could say it correctly, say the word correctly, they said it, the ones that couldn't lost their life, you know, and it was all around being able to form SH. You know what I mean? Mm. These people couldn't form their mouth to do it. And so that got them killed. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Yeah. Yeah. So SH means, or Shen means tooth. And it really, it truly points to the mouth and the creative force of the word. So 
you were as you were asking your question you actually answered it so that's spooky when you have dreams about teeth falling out this is always associated with your family so you say shen is connected with your teeth i'm like with our whole orbiting connection about family and, and how the the like the like what through life what happens to your teeth you know they fall out because you they you grind them via eating and you know they just they wear away you know, it doesn't matter how good you take care of them this will happen mm-hmm. you know it's one of the signs you know you've passed into those gates and so your family is associated very much as your teeth they are something by which you must come in conflict you know you're your, your mouth must be ground together in order for you to gain even just the base nutrients of life through consumption, yeah. thus to continue in existence. And, you know, your family is many times the tools that you use to do that. If you don't take care of that, if you don't engage with that, if you don't move that, you know, those, those things, they, they fall out. They, they can, this can happen early over stress. Different things can cause the relationship you have with your family to inc- incarnate itself very interestingly with your teeth. You say that I had no idea that Shen was that there was that in regards to family. And I'm like, huh, that's fucking weird. Obviously, like you know, it's not. It's perfectly and beautifully woven together like a quilt of magnanimous magic. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I just, I know I'm, I'm not an anthropologist or anything of that nature, but I, I feel like mankind on this planet has to be here in its intelligent form much longer than than we than than we realize because when we look at these like what we say the world's oldest languages and the way that they i mean they just they didn't just show up talking like that they didn't just show up ordering their thoughts in that way with this kind of tonality in mind and all of these different aspects of rhetoric and considering the rhetorical situation it seems like they've been doing this from the beginning yeah, you know, I don't, I don't really see a part where you know they feed us this caveman thing. I don't see that shit at all because you don't just go from, you know, tracing your hand on a wall in a cave to the next very day you fucking are arranging your thoughts and writing and you just not, nah, not. Nah, I can't think of any way that would happen at all. So that to me, the implication would be is that we've been here a lot longer and probably have fucked it up, been fucking up for millions of years. <laughs> okay, see, that's the shit I like, you know, and I mean, we could run it into a real simple analogy, right? It's like, okay, um, why do you think we write things down? You know, like, it, the reason that all the motherfuckers write this shit down is because their memory is, it's terrible, which does not make me both think well or feel well about the next generation being grown up on TikTok. A three minute, fifth, like, ah, irrespective mm-hmm. of that rant. You know, we we write and do all things we can to remember because inevitably we run out of memory. We run the mind, the, the collective, we can only keep so much. And so then a lot of it becomes questionable because we haven't connected to an anchored sense of the infinity, which is our progressive existence, just checkpointed points of evolution because we've just recently got to the point of being able to see it in, in such a, in such a, a and by recently, I would say, like, when we look at, you know, the last, I don't know, I would say 500 years, because arbitrarily, I don't think you can go further back than that. I think everything that we believe could have arrived between them, but that's besides the point. Um, you just look at this last chapter, right? As we're waking up in this cycle, how often do we forget things that happened and we, re- we, do, we repeat it? It happens again. Mm-hmm. 
and again and again and again because we don't remember. So to, to enter into say to say, oh, it's never happened before. How the fuck do you know that? Do you know what it's like to not remember something? No. Or if you do, then you know that you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, true, true. Which will vastly outnumber what we do. Yeah, yeah. I don't so, think that it helps that they give us, <clears throat> that we just, not. I'm not going to say that they give us because the information is there, but we don't necessarily know where to find it when we start looking for it. Um, but through quote-unquote education we're given parts or segments of world history at a particular like it's totally and completely isolated and then we'll get another segment of somewhere else in the world that's totally isolated and so you left up on in other places all over the world and then you're left up to match up the dates and figure out that this was happening the same time this was happening over here you know it's it's really a bad model like a friend of mine, uh, he pointed out, and I had to, I went and dug it up. He said that there's that there's uh, scientific trials that seem to prove that the Battle of Kurukshetra actually happened. There's some kind of nuclear kind of fallout residue. I don't know the scientific term that is consistent with the Brahmastra actually being set off, like it was written in the book. Huh. Um, and then there's a pharaoh concurrent to that in Egypt, because, of course, I learned about Egypt in a whole different isolated bubble from every other culture. Right. Every cultures were coming in, but I didn't realize how much they were going out. So they were contemporaries. There was a pharaoh who was going to fight in the war, and then the fucking Brahmastra went off, and he was like, nah, I'm good on that. He's like, yeah, pause, <laughs> hold the fuck up. Nope. <laughs> and that was that was just... According to them, that was 3,150 years ago. So this would have been fucking concurrent to um, whatever was happening in the Hebrew world. We're talking about what? 3,000 years? So that that takes us to 1,000. That takes us probably around Abraham's time, maybe. You know what I mean? It's, It's just... You know what's interesting is I bet you that would have been right about, if not before the flood. No, that's maybe that's too bad before a flood because think about it like this right um a a seismic event is going to be caused by an atomic or nuclear event across the pond Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. you need to build a boat because it's been a lot there's a lot of uh historical speculation to show that the flood did happen but in a much smaller area um Mm -hmm. you know so obviously we see we've seen flood and water and there's a lot of like grand uh, historical or scientific aspects i'm just referring to like culturally we can see in the valley in the area that this culture that this religion this the story started that there was in fact a flood a very large flood and if we were to consider that with a, a seismic event being caused somewhere else in the world it could almost perfectly align with how the reactive forces are having to engage with the same event being recorded in different places. Mm. Mm. <laughs> My mind put it together <laughs> in a very modern kind of way. <laughs> okay, so 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 what that would be and you know it's a it's a cultural community, people traveling all over, you know what I mean? People didn't really have borders like that. So somebody walked up and was like, yo, you know, over there in Barta, you know, there's a, a there's a war going on. 
And <laughs> Noah's like, is I swap my in it? He's like, yeah. He's like, I need to build a boat. He's, He's like, fuck it. Do the Brian Master. I know him. <laughs> you know He's what like, oh. Uh-uh. Yeah, but it it it's very it's 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 very uh where is it where is it escape me? It's very interesting how these cultures seem to be the same culture. You know, the words actually carry over into, you know, I found it interesting that a rabbi pointed out to me that the that the sound om is a name of God in Hebrew, one of the one of the 72 holy names of God. And I was like, Om? And he was like, yeah, A-U-M, but it's not that Om. And I was like, why are you discounting this was like, so strongly? Yeah, it's like, don't, are don't you guys the same that? people? <laughs> So this is the shit that I feel like is important, right? We've got a universal canon, a universal story, which is happening instantaneously and as many possible variations at once. Mm -hmm. Where ability, our ability to access, perceive, and connect into that, put this in conflict with a lot of things. You know, rapidly tie this into the Bhagavad Gita. This is an internal conflict with things that are inevitably the part of the same thing. You know, there's either a grand story of beginning and ending or a conflict to facilitate that. This this, this friction there. Let, so go ahead. Let me let me tie that that part up I left wide open. When 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 Krishna asks, well, when Arjun or Arjuna asked Krishna to take him in the middle, to me that was the balancing factor. Because I always think, again, I don't think either side ultimately won. Um, one guy spanked now and the other spanked later, but a spanking is a spanking. And <laughs> Fair. I, I think it, that it really did impact the entire world because of, of how, uh, just, I guess, how influential the cultures were. I mean, so, so influential in that there, there's, uh, man, I don't have the documentation. I had to look it up again and, and gather it, but there's evidence that a lot of the pyramids were, constructed by and built by uh at the request of the pharaoh of course by what we will call uh hindu builders you know what i mean so but we we're not told that you know what i mean we're we're made to believe that it was the special people that was enslaved you know the special people of god who happened to they related to the motherfuckers i don't care what nobody say and they trying to sever that connection between them so that they can just be like you know, we've been persecuted the whole time and they can arbitrarily claim one side of the defense versus acknowledging the reciprocal response. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But that balance point where where Arjuna and Krishna were between the two armies, I look at that like the connecting point in the mind, because our brain is literally two sides that is that conflicts, but there's a balancing point in the brain it's a it's a midsection that actually joins the two and um you know a lot of people say that's this or that or what what have you but um they have they do have a process called hemisyncing i learned about this in about 2004 2005 when i first started learning about um nlp and that's just basically bringing the vibrations of the brain into one vibration instead of your one one half or hemisphere vibrating at one frequency and the other at another frequency. And um, I don't know why I stopped doing that because I, I did have a lot of clarity and, and just calm as I went through about the day. 
but I think Krishna being a mischief maker, I think he, I think he knew what he was doing because I mean, when he unveiled his ultimate form, I mean, he could have just snapped his fingers and stopped the war. <laughs> you know I mean, I mean in reality, yeah. The, when, when, with that, with that position and that point, even with the, in the established mythos, that is exactly what could have been, right? The same possibility was established. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, like he demonstrated all that power, so why not use it? You know, like well, the story can end as quickly as it started. So all you have to say is mm-hmm. the end, and that's a scary fucking thing. Sometimes you consider that as a reader. You know, you're reading the story. You love it. it. It is the thing which just gives you the tingles, the vibrations. It could be Christianity. It could be any religion. It could be any part of your life. You could wake up or turn the page or read the next word and it could say the end or better yet, just a period. And the only thing you were left with was blank space to tell you that the story was over. Mm-hmm. That terrifying, and I, I, I crippling he, reality. I think he's still, you know, uh, Vyasa Dave, I think he's still... Uh, communicated the point effectively because I mean, if he'd have snapped his fingers, it would have said, "What? I'm everything. I'm in control of everything." Instead, he decided to illustrate it by, you know, again the principle of the atma being in everything, and you know, energy having to take form and then drop its form and go into be, you know, everything being alive or what 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 they call a, a <laughs> "Quote unquote plenary expansion of Krish, of of Vishnu because Vishnu mm. is asleep, right? We yeah. we're actually we got to consider that too. And the story is that whoever wrote this really thought about again the rhetorical situation. It was all for the reader. It yeah. was all for the reader. It was perfectly written, if I would say so myself. But even you know, Lord Ganesha wrote the wrote wrote the uh <laughs> he wrote the uh Bhagavad Gita. Well actually he wrote the Mahabharata of which the Bhagavad Gita is a part. You know you heard that story before? No. Yeah, yeah. So Vyasadev, you know, who is the quote unquote author, um, he needed somebody to write his epic, which is the Mahabharata. Um, so he went to the gods and they was like, yo, go holla at Ganesha. He's the one that can do it because he's the Lord of wisdom. Um, everything starts with Ganesha. It don't, I noticed that it don't even matter if you're a Vaishnava or Shivite or Smurta. Everything starts with Lord Ganesha, just like Jesus Christ, right? Mm-hmm. But um, so he found Lord Ganesha. And he was like, look, I have this epic I want to write, but I need somebody to write it for me. And then Lord Ganesha was like, okay, what's it about? And he was like, you know, he told him about what it's about. And he said, okay, so Lord Ganesha said, I will write it down. But once you start speaking, you can't stop until it's done. So think about that. Fuck. Vyasa Dave is an MC. (laughs) He spit the whole Mahabharata off the dome. Okay, <laughs> off the dome, not freestyling. Because remember, it wasn't written. He didn't previously write it down, and then memorize it. And he didn't show up with it. scrolls, right? He he dropped it off the top, like off the top, you know. And then and he agreed to that, but he told, um, he told Lord Ganesha, he was like, I agree to that but you cannot write anything down until you understand it. You're talking to the Lord of wisdom over here. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So then they just dropped it. You know what I mean? So 
You know, uh, when I think about how how beautifully it was written, you know, it, you know, Ganesha is the is the gatekeeper, right? You can't access no other deity without going through Ganesha. Without going through Ganesha, there's our Legba character. You know what I'm saying? You can't you can't do it. You know what I mean? And and so when he dropped this off the top of the dome, I think it was just beautifully written. Ganesha didn't have a pen or a pencil. You know what he used? Hmm. If you ever look at a statue of Lord Ganesha, the thing that may stick out the most is that his it should be his right tusk is broken because he actually broke it off and used that as his pen to write the Mahabharata. Fuck. That is, that's even synonymous on a, on a micro to macro level of Arjuna pulling the chariot and that you have, or not Arjuna, pulling, uh, Krishna pulling the chariot. Mm-hmm. You have a divine act of compromisation to a certain degree. You yeah. Know, like the breaking of a tusk, the, 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 the positioning of servitude, mm-hmm. all done for the purpose of cashing. I could not imagine the balls. How did this dude walk straight with going up to Ganesh like, okay, listen. <laughs> <laughs> listen right you want to you want to hear my story cool you got questions ask them because you ain't writing it so i understand you do you get it look look and that ain't nothing like his pops look and that is the most uh lovable and adorable character i i was in mexico one time one year a few years ago and i woke up in the morning and there was a walt disney cartoon on and I was heavily into a Ganesha vibe at that time. And the cartoon was a, a, a Mickey Mouse cartoon I'd never seen before. It was an older cartoon. I haven't seen it again, except one time I had to go on YouTube to find it. It took days to find it, but I found it. And Mickey was in India. <laughs> he was a cab driver. And he was taking this elephant somewhere and it was going through all kinds of stuff. You know, Ganesha is the removal of obstacles. So it was like a series of obstacles Ganesha helped him get past. But he's not just like Ganesha. You know what I'm saying? He don't, he just like a regular old elephant. Then they get to a temple and Ganesha get out the car and turn into Ganesha. I was like, how come I ain't never seen this in my life? You know, I ain't never seen this cartoon in my life. Everything goes through Ganesha. So that Again, that divine compromise is that tone is set when you enter, when you engage with uh, Lord Ganesha. But don't get it twisted with Lord Shiva; he's not bound by none of that. So <laughs> he's not well, bound by none of that, brother. I am incredibly appreciative for your time as we've come to this space. What I want to do is we've taken this a beautiful time to to to, if nothing else, I want to showcase the enamored relationship that we both have with the Bhagavad Gita. And how it is connected to goddamn everything and a certain level as a universal story. As we get that, what can we leave our, our listeners with? Oh, what can we leave the listeners with? Well, I would say, first off, if, if they haven't read the Bhagavad Gita, um, please do. Um, there are a lot of recommended versions. I'm not really hung up on the version. Um, just read the story. Because uh, it, it's it's about, well, I don't want to spoil it. We talked about a lot of it. But of course, just that inner struggle that we all have to try to achieve that, the balance in order to, to live what we call productively. And, you know, it, it's beautifully written. And um, I highly recommend it. And um, yeah, read the back of Aikido. 
read it, get yourself educated, check yourselves in. I promise it will be a text that it will change your world. Now, again, this is episode one, right? We just in love. We, we, we start talking. We don't stop. We'll break it down in another way to talk about some of the practical applications about how you can apply the teachings in the Bhagavad Gita to your life to understand how to be in the center point of your conflict. With that, Brother Soul, bless you. Thank you. Have a beautiful night. Absolutely. Take care. Hey, thank you for joining us and making it this far in our podcast. Remember that if you want feedback or engagement, Likewise, if you would like to contribute to the content that we create here at Hippie Queen Productions, head over to our Facebook page. Reach out, message us, let us know what you want to see and what kind of things you'd like to engage with. Remember as well that if you're curious, if you want to learn and grow on an esoteric or educational level, we host and teach courses over at howlingwindswellness.com and over on our website, hippiequeenproductions.com. Love you, beautifuls, so much. You really are the reason that we get to do this. We appreciate your time just listening. Be well and be blessed.